morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Mark Herbal. And Patrick Dodd. So joining us are Lisa Klein and Byte Richter from SAP S4 HANA's Agile Center of Excellence. Hello. Hi. So today we're going to have a conversation in this iteration about success of COPs, organizing, and why we need COPs as part of our COP series. Let's start this time with Lisa. Lisa, walk me through what success looks like to you in a COP. Uh, so for me, actually, it's when the people get out of it afterwards and either they had a lot of fun or um, they say, okay, I learned something. And the, the best situation is when both happens. So they had fun and learned something. That, that's success for me. Patrick, success? So this is an interesting topic for me because that's success in a COP, you know it when you see it. If you're in the COP, you know that the conversation is going well. You know that people are learning things and, um, and, and you know how the participation levels are. Uh, but where I tend to struggle is how do we measure success? Like how would we say like, for example, if we we're asked to quantify the value of the COP that we have, what sort of metric do we put in place? Um, because you can, you can measure something like attendance, but you can have 400 people on a Zoom call that don't say anything. And to me, that's not a very successful COP. Um, you can have uh, 10 to 20 people on a Zoom call and the conversation's lively and it's very successful. And, and those people act as multipliers and they leave and they take those learnings with them and go uh, infect others with, with those learnings. And so, um, yeah, so for me, this is actually an interesting topic because it's one that I've been thinking about for quite a while. Is how, how do we find the data to measure what a successful COP is? And when you mentioned that, I had a thought. I would think one of the success metrics is that people in the COP connect afterwards with other people they've met to talk through some issues. But mm -hmm. then the question is, how do you measure that? Because you kind of have to say, by the way, when you talk to somebody else in the COP, send us a mail so we can record this. <laughs> right. There's no secondary metrics that you can use. Yeah. Right? Like, how do you know that you've expanded the community through the COP? And actually, Patrick, you and I should talk about that afterwards, because I think that's an interesting, no, honestly, that's an interesting kind of a, how, how do you know that? And, right. and not be invasive. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's just, just drive. Just putting a KPI on, on, onto something like that is always a, good, a hard thing, right? And uh, just just some, some weeks ago, someone approached me also and said, yeah, he's part of this and this COP and they do like that and that and it sounded horrible, the stuff they did there. It was boring as hell. And I asked him, okay, why um, is this interesting for you? And he said, hell no. So why are you going there? Because I need to go there. Oh, that's interesting. You need to go to the COP. You need yeah, to go. That? That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> Most probably, uh, if you have a KPI, there will be someone who first tries to bend the uh, KPI measure tape, right? So if if the measurement was uh, attend uh, attendees and people are pressured to go there, then you are able to have a successful um, COP, is right, right? This, this, this sounds all of the other classes and doesn't attend any of them. Like they, they show up on all the rosters, but then they, they're never there. They're there. So their KPI. Did you sign up? <laughs> this sounds, uh, just to put a plug in for ourselves, this sounds like our series on metrics. So check out our metrics. <laughs> that is correct. Thank you, Patrick. Self-plugging self is, is, our, is uh, KPI for ourselves. Um, no shame. 
<laughs> yeah, I know it's all good. So, you know, but it's interesting, right, that you bring that up because I think it goes back to something that we run into for agile anyway, which is people who are not necessarily agile in focus need something to compare this to that. It's inevitable that someone's going to want to say, well, you know, how do you measure success? Do you measure success by number of attendees? Do you measure success by cross-linking on LinkedIn? Do you measure success by, you know, saying that, yes, as part of my performance review, I check these boxes? Help me out here. Yeah, so what I always, uh, what I try to do, not only in COPs, but also in smaller workshops and stuff like that, this is uh, um, using metrics <laughs> after, uh, after saying that I'm not the best friend of metrics, but um, for example, the uh, return on time invested. So just to ask on a scale from zero to 10, um, if five would be, it's the same value on uh, the last two, two hours in the workshop would have the same value than working normally, so to speak, where were you? And mostly then you get some answers to seven, eight or anything like that. And then you can speak directly to the people. So people who gave nine or 10, uh, 10 points, what made this so successful? But also right. to people who only gave two or three points, what would we need to change to make it more valuable for you? Because it's a community of practice. It should be for the community. So just uh, taking a plan and uh, putting it through without listening to the attendees wouldn't be a good idea, I guess. So just to go there and ask the attendees, what could I do to make it even more valuable for you? What could I do to make it more community-based and community-raised uh, uh, event? Mark, how do you organize? Because, you know, one of the things that we've been talking through uh, on this specific iteration is how do you organize it so that it's successful? I think we're still figuring that out. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's as we've talked about already, you don't, you want to do inspect and adapt as you go, right? You want to make sure one of the things we found was if we waited to the last minute to send out an announcement that it was coming, we, the attendance wasn't as high. Also by, by including ahead of time, the general theme that's going to start the conversation people can get geared up or self-select. So telling them, I, th I think the, the lead time for us is, is about a half a week, which is here's what we're gonna talk about, let y'all know, you know, come prepared. Um, and, and something, and I don't know if this is about organization per se, but one of the things that we probably should be stressing when there's a like a lag in terms of people being involved is to talk about the, the basic values of, you know, agile and openness encourage being two of those that you have to bring to a COP. You know, you, you have to talk about issues that you're having um, and and to raise that early on, like let, let's, let's get you involved. In terms of the overall organization of it, Patrick does a lot of logistics. You know, I, he, what do you have? We have four total in the, in the thing. And I think, and I have one that I run in particular. Yeah, so I do. I, I, I run and facilitate the coaches and the scrum master COP and I run, but I don't facilitate the security champion COP. And then um, Mark and uh, his, his uh, uh, guy named Arjun has the uh, uh, product owners. COP. Patrick, talk to me about how organizing them is different between, say, the 
coaches one and the scrum master one. Yeah, so I think this gets back to a previous episode uh, where Mark talked about the difference between the level of participation in, in these COPs, and it very much affects the way that they're organized too. Um, logistically, there's no difference. You know, we have the same Zoom call, there's the same type of, you know, solicitation to join, that sort of thing. It's just a different kind of discipline. Um, but facilitation and organizing the conversation on the call is very different because with the Scrum Master COP, we're trying to pull information out of people. So it's, it's a little bit more interactive. It's a, bit, it's a little bit more uh, solicitory, if that's a word, um, to you know, try to you know, bring people into the conversation and, and try to always be asking people, you know, what are some things that you're wrestling with? How can, can you describe a time when, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas with the coaches COP, it's a lot more about time management because everybody wants to say everything all of the time. And so there's, it, it's a lot more about like, okay, I'm gonna put a, I'm, I'm gonna put a stop to this now. Let's come back to this. Let's go over to this person. Let's have, I haven't heard from you yet. Would you like to say anything about that? It's a lot more of traffic management. Lisa, have you found anything for your COPs where you've had to over-organize or you felt like you over-organized and it just didn't really need to have that much attention? For me, it was more the other way around. Um, when I look at the Agile Practitioner Roundtable, I was surprised that it worked out without any organization except setting up the meeting. And people who were on the original um, meeting forwarded it. So you ended up there, <laughs> for I, example. Yep. Uh, and um, also we don't have a fixed agenda. People just start talking about their daily agile life. Um, mm -hmm. So there it was like, okay, actually depending on the audience, it can work without any setup. But these are all people who work very, very closely with the agile topic. So they have all, I would say, the the right mindset sure. <laughs> and sure, sure. tend to be very active people. Um, so this will probably not work for all kinds of COPs. Obvi obviously it doesn't, but in this particular setup, that was perfect. And uh, I hope uh, it will stay that way because yeah, we so thinking, it's not too much effort. <laughs> we were thinking of having a COP for introverts, but we gave up on that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So in the two or so minutes we have left, I want to make sure that we cover something that we covered internally when we were in between episodes where it was, Vite, uh, you were talking about why we need COPs and how they popped up like little mushrooms. Yeah, walk right. Me, walk me through that. <laughs> yeah, like um, like uh, 30 years ago, all of us were working deeply in waterfall processes. And so more and more people are start, starting to work agile, right? So, and when Scrum was invented by Nonaka and Takuchi, they thought of, uh, let's put people of different trades into the same team so they can achieve something together in an effective way. So basically, um, 
beforehand uh, you had if you look to your left you had an expert sitting who's who does the same stuff who uh, which does the people sitting to your right and today you're working really with with different um, professions and to get those professions again together in one room to create not best practices but good practices for people to adapt so i learned about testing this in my team and i want to share this with you maybe there's something in there for you as well uh, is something going coming back to the roots, so to speak, uh, coming back to people on the same professional uh, level and get uh, some new ideas out there for the own teams to collab on, yeah. Right, so I think if you go back to like the Spotify model, I think the reason why COPs exist is kind of like why they have tribes, is that it gives an opportunity for people who do the same kind of thing, for the most part, to get together and have a conversation so that you can go, oh, cool, you know, this is how you found out how to solve this problem. So I think it's something that we need to continue to foster. And I think that's something that's really come out of this whole conversation is that it's something that we need to continue to foster within the organization, within any organization, so that people don't feel like they're alone. We should try to span a boundary too, which is one of the things that SAPs come back with to us when we did the intern stuff is don't just appeal to developers. We tended Always. to be very technical and we tended to talk about tests and everything else. And yet there were people in marketing and sales and the like that all wanted to benefit from it. And they were shying away from things like COPs because they thought that they were going to be all about development and, you know, check-ins and deployment and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so we specifically removed a, um, a lot of our phrasing that was too technical from some of the work that we did. And I think we have, Actually, Patrick, you and I should talk about this afterwards because I think we don't always say, hey, you know, marketing people, hey, salespeople, come one, come all. We'd love to see you because it actually will apply to you as well. The COP should not be specific to a usage of, for example, Scrum. Mm -hmm. Right. Like in our in our Scrum Master COP, we actually have some folks from HR in there. We got right. some, some digital marketing in there. So it's 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 not all, you know, Java developers, .NET developers. Right. Well, you know what? I think that's a great place for us to end. Thanks, Lisa Veit, for joining. You are now friends of the podcast, and we look forward to seeing you at the retrospective, which is going to come very, very soon. Until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Mark. I'm Patrick. Lisa. And fights. Thank you for the so, invitation. Of course. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at faster than a .com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup.